Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the 8-Bit Cocktail Club. Uh, I'm your host, Benny McJanet. Find me everywhere on, or find me on Twitter at thespawny 13 You can find me on Instagram at BenMcJ where you'll see all my cocktails that I've been making lately, uh, especially the ones I make for this very podcast. Uh, speaking of, uh, this episode I was joined by Buddy Watson, a friend of mine. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at BuddyWatson12. He's also the host of the podcast Radio Watson. I uh, find that on Twitter at Radio Watson underscore and wherever good podcasts are found. Uh, so iTunes, Spotify, all those good places. Go check him out. Send him some five-star reviews and love. Uh, he's a great guy. Um, and we just chatted about uh, drinking old fashions, what he likes about them. We talked about uh, Radio Watson and his content creation history and what he's doing moving forward we talked a little about wrestling because that's actually how me and buddy met is we used to do the 8-bit mania podcast together uh which was all about wwe at the time uh and we also he gave us a really cool story about how he changed his name and it's just a really great story and completely shocked me how wonderful a story it was and how willing buddy was to uh, to share that part of his life uh, and we talked a little bit of gaming as well for good measure. So, you know, guys, uh, so before we get into the show, uh, first off, thank you to the Kofi contributors, uh, or our, I guess we call you guys producers as well, uh, same as what we did on Patreon. But uh, you can check us out, Kofi, or co-fee.com slash weare8bit. You can get this very episode, if you're listening to this on the normal podcast services, you can get this whole episode two weeks earlier. Yeah, two weeks earlier. Why not? Also, you can check out some of the fun commissions we have, uh, including the 8-Bit Founders coin. 20 bucks, you'll get this really awesome metal coin, um, which has got the 8-Bit logo and everything. It's like an amusement token-style coin, and the thing's actually quite big. It, it's bigger than, like, a 50-cent coin or whatever else. It's a big coin. But uh, just quickly, better thank our producers, uh, Nathan Tilly, Liam Hart, Aaron Lucas, Screamus, Dylan Keat, Sam Kingma, uh, David Martinson and Chris Hahn. Sorry, I'm not wearing my glasses, so I'm sorry if I stuffed up your names because I was not reading that very well. But guys, thank you very much for contributing. It's really, really appreciated. Um, if you want, if you're listening to this and you want to contribute, co-fee.com/slash/weare8bit, and you get this whole episode two weeks earlier. Do it. Why not? Have some fun. Live a little. Um, but yeah. That's pretty much it from me. Uh, follow 8-Bit. We are 8-Bit. All the socials, all that sort of good stuff. Otherwise, uh, go pour yourself a nice old-fashioned and uh, get yourself comfortable. We're going to have a little chat with my buddy. Buddy. But first of all, before we really get going, man... Uh, one thing we just got to say, cheers. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Virtual Ching cheers. <laughs> so, yeah, old fashions. Mm. A very regal drink. It is a regal drink. It is a regal drink. Um, a classic. Not bad. Not bad. Don't mind that. I've got myself a nice big ice sphere for my giant ice cube in mine, so I'm, I'm happy with that. So it'll slowly melt as we chat away. Yep. But why did you pick the old fashioned man? You, we we talked a long time ago about getting you on here, and um, mm. you picked this drink so fucking quickly. It's so probably because it I old fashioned. 
I have all the ingredients in my home to make it, and I regularly drink old fashions. Yeah. Um, it's probably a drink I've kind of become accustomed to or like my go-to drink since I really first turned 18. I used to have a friend, um, mm. John, uh, oh, well, I won't say surnames here, but um, from high school, and he was yeah. quite a well-spoken, uh, intelligent man who was mm. uh, a, quite a class act. I like to think of himself as a bit of a class act. He's actually got a PhD in psychology at the moment. Oh, wow. Um, and went, went on to do the PhD and become an academic and, and go that kind of route. But he was always well-read, um, intelligent, and was mm. a big like, madman fan at the, mo- at the time. Oh, so, yeah. of course, you know, old fashions, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the drink of choice, of, of choice there. So, um he kind of introduced me to those first and I really wasn't a big like straight alcohol drinker when I was first, you know, 18 and, and yeah. even before that, my first introduction to alcohol, like I'd had rum and I, th- I threw up on my well, first... You, you're in Queensland, of course, your first interaction yeah. with alcohol was rum. <laughs> That's right. So <laughs> If I, it's not you know, cheap it's, beer, it's rum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but since ever, like first drinking alcohol and having an associated with alcohol, it was always like, oh, rum, yuck, I'll never drink that again. So it was always yeah. like the lolly waters, the cruises, the breezes, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. lemon ruskies, all that kind of stuff, all the yeah. stuff that actually tasted nice. And I was never really a beer drinker, mm-hmm. um, except for... Um, uh, John there had introduced me to this. Now, I never really kind of grasped into I'm a kind of cocktail person until much later on yeah. in my uh, in my 20s when, you know, binge drinking and, and getting wrecked and hammered was uh, at festivals and all that kind of stuff was was uh, out of out of vogue and uh, mm-hmm. more enjoyable, mm-hmm. like, drink because of the alcohol and, and that kind of stuff. Because you enjoy the co- taste of it and the drink and, yeah. That's right, and actually go down to sit-down cocktail bars. So I guess this has always been my, my, my go-to one and having a more of appreciation of it and trying different whiskeys and, yep. and and bourbons and everything to kind of have with it. It's really easy to make as well. Mm-hmm. Um, once you have all the ingredients, you're, you're pretty set to go. So Yeah, it is. It's surprisingly, it's one of those drinks where you think, oh, yeah, old-fashioned, it's a cocktail, rah, rah, and then you actually look at what's in it, it's like, damn, that's really easy. Um, it's just <laughs> basically bourbon whiskey, um sugar and bitters that's it that's right and for years i was using like to make my own simple syrup was just a little bit of sugar Mm -hmm. um dissolved into water to make my own simple syrup and then you can actually buy the pre-mixed um simple syrup in like a big bottle yeah we got one of those for christmas one year and that really changed the game because it was um first of all it's much better and it was less grainy and having to dissolve it in hot water and then get it cold again but Yeah, yeah having it just on hand and just a little bit of a uh, a couple of drops here and there and then mm. in the bitters go and it was yeah you can make the, it took me it takes me like a minute to make this yeah yeah that's so it I, I just um i followed like a traditional recipe so i was i actually went looking for sugar cubes to do this because the traditional recipe wow. says to use a sugar cube um and then you you uh, put three dashes of bitters on the sugar cube and muddle it before you put the whiskey in and then stir it with ice and then pour it over fresh ice into another drink so very nice wow. I, I've, I've gone down the traditional route and i even messaged you before we started saying fuck i, I screwed up my first drink because <laughs> i made it in the drink the glass i was going to drink out of i started muddling it and everything in the glass i was going to drink out of before instead of the glass i was actually supposed to be mixing it in because i went to mix it and went hang on a second i fucked up here <laughs> i got it all backwards yeah, yeah. i tried to mix it i was like all right no, just scratch all that start again and you'll see a lot of people do that when they're out as well because mm. I go to a few bars out here. Um, one of my favorite ones in, in Brisbane is uh, Savile Row mm-hmm. in, in the Valley, which is like sit-down cocktail bar. And when we buy a couple of old fashions and you see them make it all up in the one thing and then, like you said, pour over a fresh ice cube or a big yeah. chunk of ice um, is quite good. So, 
yeah no it's it's cool and like that's one of the things i've been learning to do and i just need to get the right piece of um basically an esky to do it in but to make like I've, I've talked about it before like making the clear ice and then carving it up into like chunks and stuff like that like i've yep. done it once but like the esky i've got is just that little bit too big to fit on the shelf properly so i can't actually get it in there properly to make the look make it the way i want it to um mm. but yeah it's one of those things where i'm just oh, i'm obsessed with the whole clear ice concept at the moment so i want to get like a proper mixing glass to do it in and everything like and tulip strainer and all that sort of shit so that was one of the things this highlighted for me as well as i need to actually it's the last two things i really need in my cocktail mixing set <laughs> that i've yeah. accumulated in the last few months especially after doing this show yeah i heard <laughs> you talking about the clear ice with brendan i was like that was kind of like a, a light bulb in my head as well because yeah. i feel like i've gone a little bit expert and have everything on hand perfectly for mm. this but that would be like another the last key it's like the, that, that next, it to the next level, level step yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's like wow we can do some really cool shit with this like just just bump it up just that little bit just to mm. make it like really cool um but yeah i mean just even just the basic ice fear molds that i've got at home like that's basically all i've used here and it seems to work work pretty well and drink yep. tastes pretty good mm. i find mm. with an old-fashioned um i guess it really depends on what like whiskey bourbon scotch whatever yeah. you, that you're using um depending do you on have a preference you know, yeah, so there's a few that I have that are preferences. Um, I really love Teeling, which mm-hmm. is like um, an American one. Yep. Uh, I like one that's from Melbourne, like from Essendon, that's uh, Starwood. Okay. And that comes in a few things. I went to the Starwood distillery down there. And then all your, like, all your Japanese ones, like Hibiki. Oh, like a Japanese um, whiskey, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that that can be quite expensive when you're, yeah, you're getting into that kind, of, that kind of range. But anything mm. like... Yeah, I think I've got a bottle bottle of monkey shoulder down the bottom down downstairs at the moment as well. So mm-hmm. I find if you're using the good stuff, it's it's quite good and makes a gigantic difference. But yep. um, I guess the longer you leave it, the more like diluted it gets. And so if you sit on it for a while, sometimes it can taste better over the course yeah. of you know, half an hour, forty that's minutes, it, or something. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. something you can really sit on. Yeah, and that's it. And I, so I made sure I picked up like a sipping uh, bourbon whiskey for this because I was like, whiskey I'll enjoy, but like. If I'm going to do an old-fashioned, I'm going to do it right, like New York style, like they originally did. So I, I picked a... I went Maker's Mark for my nice. my whiskey as choice. Because I was like, well, at least that's a decent sort of sipping whiskey. I can sit on that and I can sip it. I don't have to worry about it not sitting well with the drink and, or mixing well. Um, hmm. The other one I was considering was a bullet bourbon. Because I yep. thought, oh, yeah, that'll work really well for a old-fashioned as well. Um but yeah, like I've had old fashions before, but I think this making this one at home it just just tastes a little bit better as well. I don't know mm. what it is, but I'm just drinking like, oh yeah, this this is good. I like this. I enjoy this a bit more now because I didn't want to buy yeah. like a big bottle of bourbon because I'm not a I don't really like bourbon. And when yeah. I think bourbon, I always think Jack Daniels and Jim Beam, Same. The first, and wild turkey. That's probably the third one. And all three of them, I think, are fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna piss out, piss off a lot of Jack drinkers because I know that know quite a few of them. But yeah, sorry, your drinking choice is rubbish. I don't like it. <laughs> but that's okay. You can criticize me all you want because I drink Bundy rum. But I'm from Queensland, so I have a very good excuse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I was yeah just really, really keen to actually try this one just because I was like, oh, it's gonna be bourbon drink. I've done a bourbon drink with um, Andrew Natoli as well because he did the New York sour. Yes. But you can't taste the bourbon in that at all. Mm. Well, it's a rye whiskey, same thing, really. Um, but you can't really taste it at all because it's masked by the fact that you've got lemon juice and wine in it. 
as yeah. well and the wine really becomes an overpowering flavor whereas this it's just yeah it's just like enjoying a good sipping whiskey with a little bit of sweetener in it yeah we also have ingredients for whiskey sours downstairs from mm. a recent like kind of um cocktail party that kim's friends came over for and they didn't really get into them at all so we've got those mm. ingredients i've had a few of those recently um, yep. we also have some gin um and some really nice tonic um kind of like uh just like distillery gins kind of that yeah bespoke kind of stuff so um yeah we've yeah. got a few few ingredients down <laughs> downstairs for some uh, nice cocktails or something that <laughs> it, me and Kim it makes like for a do. fun friday evening or something like that when you know you're not working the next day it's like hey let's just have a nice nice drink and just sit down and just chill and relax and yeah look sometimes it's just a tuesday uh, it doesn't have to be an and it doesn't even have to be a week. <laughs> weekend sitting there drinking down an old-fashioned playing apex if Anyone follows my Instagram stories and you see just a random photo of a cocktail in the middle of the week, that's because I made it that night because I was thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, I found like when I was first making that at home, um, I was like, oh, this is too sweet or this is like too yucky. It's bitter. So um, I guess the, the key for making this one I found over the years is to be real kind of um, limited with how much bitters you put in, like yep. just a couple of drops. Don't go overboard. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to be too bitter. And same yep. with simple syrup as well. Just a, a, like a little bit of a, a dash and um, kind of let the, the, you know, just give it a little bit of flavor to complement whatever alcohol you're using and let that yep. do the talking. And experimentation is kind of key. It's the same as cooking. You know, you adjust a recipe to your flavor, to your palate, you know, to your taste mm. sort of thing. So it's the same with mixology. It's just you adjust the recipe to what you you like. Um so yeah, it's 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 fun doing these things at home, and I think that's. I'm hoping I've opened up a few other people's eyes to making these at home, but like yeah, like it's been fun making them at home and learning about them, and I'm sure you're having fun now doing whiskey sours, and you got the gin there and things like that as well. Like yeah. if you got the bitters there in the gin, um, I think it's I think it was the Bennett. You could make a Bennett, which is basically just bitters, lemon juice, and gin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I enjoy that. That's actually quite a nice drop. I've, yeah, because I got a nice bottle of gin downstairs too. So yeah, that's nice. Because the further down the track, me and Kim want to get, or Kim and I, sorry, want to get a like that's an right. alcohol cart, like a mm-hmm. and have like have that kind of thing and the yeah you know, silver trays and have our uh, decanters on display and stuff. At the moment, all our alcohol is under our sink next to like all our candles <laughs> and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So it's yeah, like yeah. you know fly spray, Domestos, GIF, uh, like Metho, all these poisons, and then right next it's like tonics whiskeys gins <laughs> it's like big gigantic poison pile yeah i've got a little side table downstairs in my living room where um i actually li- use the top of the sideboard is loki's feeding station yeah. so that's where all these food bowls and everything are and then underneath it, it's like two cupboard doors one hand one side's all my collector's bottles of bundy that i've got which just don't get opened because they're expensive but on the other side is like all my different types of alcohol. So I've got tequilas, vodkas, gins, whiskeys, you name it. I'm slowly building out a collection at the moment. And oh boy, it's um, become an expensive hobby, but fucking delicious hobby at the same time. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So the other thing I wanted to chat to you, man, besides old fashions and drinks and things like that, we've got to talk a little bit of wrestling. Oh, absolutely. I've got my... You got your Kamegoya shirt on, so, oh, to be touched by God. Um, <laughs> the God of pro wrestling. That's it, that's it. So, uh, that's kind of how we sort of met, was like through mm. our love of wrestling and through 8-Bit Mania podcast, which some of our 8-Bit fans may remember. Um, have you been, you've been checking out AEW recently, obviously, like, we messaged watched pretty regularly. every single AEW show. Yeah, Dynamite, every week. Yeah, and I'm... I- 
not every dark, but um, mm. I usually read up on the highlights. And if there's something notable to watch that I think will be important, like for continuity or storyline yep. purposes, then I'll go kind of skip forward and, and see that. Like dark is mm. quite fun because of the commentary and Taz and Excalibur like, seem quite loose in Taz it. Taz is so. fantastic on commentary with that. And it's the same with me. Dark is something I will generally put on as a background thing while I'm doing stuff when I get yes. home from work. Um, so I'm not like, super paying attention to it, but every now and then I'll, I, I won't, I won't watch it cause I'm busy or other things to do, but yeah, you know, I always make time for dynamite and I will do my best to watch the main dynamite show. Yep. How have you been finding like having AEW as competition in the wrestling spectrum now over there in the U S where I think it's forced WWE to lift their game whether or not they actually have done it, it's another argument we can have later on. But what do you, how do you find it that AEW being there has actually changed the space of wrestling? Fantastic. Um, I mm. think for a lot of frustrated fans um, across the years that have been frustrated with the product, with WWE, mm-hmm. maybe the lack of offerings and kind of the repetitive angles and, and just being let down by maybe the wrestling or the storylines or both Mm -hmm. or whatever. I think it's fantastic that there's like an alternate out there an alternate that I feel is really is kind of different to what WWE offers. It really feels like a hybrid between what new Japan has in their, their kind Mm -hmm. of smash mouth style and, and kind of highlight the, the wrestling as, as the the product. And then also like still have enough storylines and without, you know, being too absurd and, and, and treating fans like idiots, which I think is mm. is one of the more important things um, and how they treat their fans and and, and how they, with, with their offering and, and also with their communication, like, you know, some of the stupid stuff you see in wrestling, like constant yeah. DQs and mm. um, seeing the same kind of matchups, you know, single week matches in, week, like, out, yeah. week in, week out, like they kind of save some of those big matchups. More importantly, there's less wrestlers wrestling each other multiple times and mm-hmm. more long-term booking and everything. So it's um it's fantastic. It's what I've missed in wrestling. I was a big wrestling fan from early 2000s, 2001 onwards. I uh, kind of yep. fell out of it um, when TNA really dropped under the scene, even though I was watching TNA at the time. And mm-hmm. then I kind of returned to it in 2015, I think it was, when there was Undertaker and Shane O'Mac were having the yep. Hell in a Cell. Like mm-hmm. I'd always looked at WrestleMania each yeah. year and kind of like keep up with that but then i was kind of back in on the wwe product from about then and mm-hmm. eh, falling in and out not really watching raw or smackdown maybe just watching like youtube highlights each week's but um the yeah. thing that really flipped the script was uh chris jericho and yeah. um the, the 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 twitter hashtag beef with uh kenny omega and then opening mm-hmm. my eyes to new japan and yeah and the bucks and from there so it's been great yeah. Yeah, you've been watching a lot of New Japan lately. I mean, I haven't personally watched much since uh, Wrestle Kingdom, but I've, I've been keeping up to date with highlights and checking out matches on. Yeah, I'll be doing the I same can. thing. And if there's like a notable match or something, I'd, mm. I'd usually check that out. Um, so it's like Mox versus Kenta, I guess, on New yeah. Japan Strong. New yeah. Japan Strong's been quite good, actually. So Yeah, it's. I just keep forgetting when it's on. It's my problem with New Japan Strong is because it's it falls on that I think it's US Friday night, our Saturday morning. Yes. So by the time I actually remember that it's on, it's it's already finished or whatever, and then I'm trying to wait for it to actually get uploaded to for the replay. And I don't think the New Japan um, World app or website or the way you go about like subscribing mm. to that is very accessible anyway. Like I feel no, like it would be much not. easier if New Japan had like regular like their regular offerings offered through Fight, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit more or something, or maybe it might be a little bit more tempting to kind of just open the Fight app and go, oh, yes, I want that, bang. Yeah, I mean, it is there on Fight, but the problem is it's also more expensive to get it through Fight, whereas the New Japan subscription's 
so cheap in comparison. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just fantastic stuff that they do over there at the moment. Um, where are they building to the moment? It's Coda and... Um, shit. Uh, Will Ospreay. Ospreay at the moment. Yeah. yeah. I was literally talking to someone about it the other day, and I was like, man, this is just going to be... I was actually talking to you about it the other day. Yeah, about yeah. Osprey and how he dropped B and all that sort of stuff. And Unbelievable. I was like, wow, this is going to be a hell of a match. And a new title being yeah. um, presented as well, the the unified title. I really want Jay White to um kind of ununify that. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. he's been raving and ranting about. So Jay mm. White's probably my favorite wrestler in the world right now. I think he's just yeah. fantastic. Um, you know, obviously, you got my, my regular favorites, but I think Jay White's just killing it uh, since he's a Bushi match at Wrestle Kingdom, which mm-hmm. I just thought was an epic. His it press was, conference was after yeah. was one of the best press conferences. Then his disappearance and removal mm-hmm. from the website only to come back, I thought was a, was a cool little storyline. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. And I've been enjoying the um, Tama and Bucks beef. Yes. <laughs> like Tama every week, then there's a, a Bullet Club reference or something on Impact or uh, AEW. You just get a straight-up um, Tama just going, oh, this is bullshit, rah, rah, and everything. The betrayal. It's all, it's all a work. Like, I'm sure Tom has been talking to them about it and having a laugh yeah. about it as well, 100%, because that's the sort of character he is. Ed, but, oh, just loving loving watching Tom work the crowds. Um, so good. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned Jay is your favourite. Um, I know you're a big Jericho, Mark. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> who's your favourite in AEW at the moment besides Jericho? I, I think it's... Um... It's a lame answer, but I just Kenny Omega. I really like yeah. his like turn to to heal. I mm-hmm. was like, how mm-hmm. are they going to get people to cheer against Kenny because he's so beloved? But I just think mm-hmm. the the arrogant like psychopath. I think it's really he's I done it. Yeah. It's, it's really vibe and it's really working for me. The I, entitled, like, entitled arrogant. Yeah, I thought like bring back yeah. the clean, just a straight cleaner. But I'm kind of liking this this psychopath egomaniac. Yeah, Kenny, just as much. So yeah, it's really good. Um, other young guys that I really like I didn't like Darby Allen at the start but I've really come around him um, he's just got an it factor he does he's, he's charismatic he, he's, he's believable when he sells and he just yeah. throws himself like no disregard obviously Ray Phoenix is probably the oh just the best well, not, if, on the planet. if not one of the, like probably the best in the world right now yeah he's 100% easily the best luchador on the planet at the moment and just he's oh, just unbelievable talent in the ring and then um, I guess the other one outside of like, you know, John Silver being an obvious fan favorite is actually Ricky Starks. I think yeah, yeah. the sky's the limit for Ricky Starks. Oh, He's dude, charismatic. Yeah. His promos are amazing. I uh, can't wait to see like... Kind he of has all the talent in the world to go. Yeah, like him versus Derby rivalry Yes, is a story that could last for decades. I can see that being booked for years on years and years. You know, that's the sort of booking angles I see it at. Yeah, um, I, I can just see them. Yep, this is a rival. It's just going to continue for eons. Um, yeah. My big favorite at the moment is probably Hangman. Yeah, how good? Like oh. Hangman is. I've just waited. Hang. It's. Is it only going to be two people that can take the title from Kenny? And Hangman's number one for me. Yeah. The other being it going back to Mox. I think um, Hangman's going to be the man. Yeah, but I think it's it's got to be Hangman. That's. It, They've been building to that since the first All Out, um, you know, when Jericho won the championship. So they've been building to that for so long. It it makes the most sense to me for Hangman to win the championship at All Out, maybe this year even, mm. if I was to book it. 
Um, otherwise, yeah. I'd probably save it for double or nothing next year. Well, the other thing I was going to say, if you don't go all out and tie it to that, you do it at Revolution because you know two years earlier you'd have Hangman and Kenny mm. teaming up against the Bucks as the best tag match ever, and it's yeah. like kind of come full circle now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I'd say all out because that's full circle in his journey from two years ago with all out. You know, yep. so that makes sense to me. Yeah, that'd um, be great. but yeah, I think Hangman is just—they're just waiting for that time to put the title on him, and he'll just run with it for I'd say at least a good twelve months. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, I'm I'm stoked with the way AEW is going. I watch that like you said every week. I'm not, I haven't missed a single episode. I might not watch it right away. I might only catch half of it that first night, depending on what time I get home from work. <laughs> um, but I I generally make the um, make a good effort to watch most of it that first night, and I'll catch up the rest of it on the second day, or I'll see it on social media um, within yep. that sort of time frame. Anyway. Yeah, so how the other thing like we've you you've, you've been striking out on your own with Radio Watson. That's right. Yes. Yep. Um you've how how have you been finding the Radio Watson return and doing that? Um yeah, awesome. It's yeah. been it's it's really just like the the reason I set it up was just because if I wanted to do anything I would have the platform there without having the pressure to kind of like produce content be just for the sake of producing content or yeah. just like going week by week and just doing run of the mill type stuff like there are plenty of other podcasts that do week by week and cover news and stuff and mm-hmm. um, I much as I do like doing that um I felt like there's no really reason for me to do that if I'm doing it on my own. I could try and have more like um, more focused kind of maybe a little bit more evergreen stuff, which I've been trying to do, which I guess just comes down to um, what I want to do and what I want to fit and and, and whenever I want to do it. So it's just really about having the platform there. The biggest thing that I've found, because I've um, actually signed up to a free Wooshka plan, I didn't Mm -hmm. really want to put any money into it either because then there'd be that pressure in the back of the mind, like you've spent money on this yeah, platform yeah. go do stuff i don't really want to do it i want it to become like i guess more organic than that um it has like a download cap so i'm actually reaching the download cap where to the point where I ha- i'm not putting out as many episodes because <laughs> i would have to start paying to have service space so it's something yep. i have to address in the next month or so <laughs> yeah, <just doing laughs> anyway so yeah um that's been a little bit of a pleasant surprise so but yeah i'm i'm, I'm enjoying it so i'm i'm enjoying recording and podcasting and hanging out with uh my internet friends again yeah yeah and it, it's one of those things because you run the show you can just jump on do it whenever you want and just yeah you're not tied to any one thing and that's it and it's and it's i guess it's running the show or doing mm. my own thing on my own as well like back when i did review culture um mm-hmm. there was a little bit of pressure that like you know i'm running the show here and then all my other friends you know dylan paul um tom higgins that were all doing that as well like shit i've got to come up with something Yep. to help us all and there's like that little bit of pressure there as well even though we could just rock up and mm-hmm. talk about whatever and, and I guess you'd still kind of have to have some kind of structure and, and, and something else and ha- have it more than just like us rock up and, and, and press yep. record but um, I guess I don't really have that on the back of my mind either like I can kind of just like hey you know I know this person um, is interested in these type of topics and it'll make for a good discussion so why mm-hmm. don't I just reach out to this person we'll talk about this talk about that why not um, the biggest episode that I've probably or recording that I've probably been proud of is the actual one I did two episodes ago which I dropped on January 26th yep just entitled January 26th and I sat down with my uh, 
my brother of uh, 22 years, um, Dylan, who was a proud Aboriginal man, and we just mm-hmm. spoke about January 26 and, and the whole change of date, abolish the date, the history of uh, January 26 and Australia Day as it was or is, and yep. um, kind of spoke about, like, from, I guess, his point of view, um, spoke about it from uh, an Aboriginal point of view, like, yeah. I guess, everyone else's point of view. So that was probably the most proudest conversation I've had. We've had a lot of great feedback about that, I think. That's cool when you release recordings, the amount of feedback you get, like is, it's kind of, you hardly ever get to it. Minimal. Yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes even myself, I'll listen to so many podcasts and I'll just like, oh yeah, oh, that was funny. That was good, blah, blah, blah. And that's it. Like mm. you're just so used to listening to a weekly thing. You don't really do anything, but I think we had like 30 or 40 people reach, <laughs> reach out oh, to wow. us. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was insane. Um, you uh, like think of doing... doing a follow up episode, maybe for NADOC week or something like that? Don't know. Uh, I think NADOC week is been and gone. Is... No, no, it's or... uh, end it... of, end of June or is it early July? It's around that sort of time from memory. Okay. Yeah, well, but me and me and Dylan were joking like, "Oh, we'll have to do January twenty sixth too." We know what you did last January twenty sixth. <laughs> <laughs> so, I still know what you did last January twenty sixth. Playing yeah. words, but um, yeah, that was fantastic, and it was good because Dylan's cousin, um, Bo, mm. he's um, generally leads a lot of the like the protests and marches and everything, and mm-hmm. um, also speaks on on Indigenous radio as well. Yeah, it's his he, like his job, and he reached out, and he was really proud of it, um, and proud of the the platform that we had, and the, and then the way that Dylan kind of upheld himself as well. So that was probably the proudest bit of feedback that we had, because I was always quite worried about how I would come across, or how um, maybe Dylan and how he was speaking would come across as well. Yeah, and, um, yeah, and, he, and, he, and that's understandable. I I think cause, as well because pair of us are obviously white fellas. Um, mm. Yeah. As soon as you start toppling, to- uh, tackling those very sensitive to- uh, topics from the point of view of a white fella as well, even though you are on the side of whoever's being discriminated against, you're not really, how do I say, um, you're not putting your own, you, you're not the, the person that's being discriminated against, so your opinion on it is very small in comparison to what someone who is being discriminated against in that regard their opinion would be, you know, if you can understand what I'm trying to say there. Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, um, you know, I can't really decide on trans issues because I'm not trans. Yeah. I don't know exactly. what would best be like the solutions, whether I, you know, I could probably be a person that could listen, be an ally. And exactly. that's probably, probably the best thing that I really would I do. I with- think that's what we really need a lot of at the moment uh, in regards to the Aboriginal issue with the change the date movement on January 26. We've got the... Uh, women's um, sexual assault issues going on in our, our country at the moment with the uh, stuff going on in our parliament and things like yep. that as well. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, all we can really be is an ally at the point at this point. Like, we need to just stop, listen, and support where yep. we can um, and take in what these people are saying. Like, no matter what the issue, we need, we need to actually just stop and listen to begin with because otherwise we're not going to learn anything. Yeah. So I think it was good for me just to mm. kind of talk to Dylan and uh, let him express himself and kind of yeah. just help kind of, uh, you know, move the conversation along and, and ask maybe mm-hmm. you know, some questions. And uh, yeah, Dylan, Dylan absolutely killed it. Uh, yeah. He, he, he was awesome in that. Now, um, yeah, I'm really proud of him. Oh, I'm proud of him too then. Like, I'm proud of both of you actually for putting that episode out there because I think that's a really um, strong topic and something that needs to be talked about more in this country. Mm. 
I and generally, and generally, I'm here just talking about like wrestling, games, yeah. or you know, all that pop culture stuff. All so the fun stuff, yeah. So to do a, sens- yeah. a, a sensitive topic like that, a serious topic that needs the attention it does, does rightfully deserve, and get that positive sort of feedback from it, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, it's probably the the, the probably the proudest thing I've been a part of, like mm. recording wise ever. Yeah, you know, if, if I was going to change the date, I'd make it April. Yeah, yeah, because Captain Cook actually landed in Australia in April f- to start with. He didn't land yep. on January 26th. That's when the first fleet arrived was January 26th. Um, but also, if it's... I can't remember the exact date in April, but I want to say it's really close to Anzac Day. And I think it's Matt... He was on Triple J Breakfast. Matt, uh, Matt O'Kine. He's, he's actually done a comedy bit about it where we get the public holiday for Australia Day in April. We get Anzac Day... <laughs> And just so happens every now and then the Easter long weekend will fall around that same sort of time. We're potentially looking at about an eight day weekend here. You know? So sign me up. Yeah, that's it. So that's what I'm I'm keen for. I, if we're going to change the date, let's move it to April. Let's do it. Let's let's get this mm. shit done. Uh, so yeah, no. Um, again, proud of you guys for putting that out there because I think it is an important thing and it's important to at least discuss the topic whether or not that it results in some sort of change in the future, which it most likely will yeah. um, and probably should. Um, I think it's important just to have these discussions regardless. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, man. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So what else has been going on with your life, man? I mean, COVID's been a wonderful thorn in all of our sides. <laughs> um, I should point out we're recording this on Monday, 29th of March, and this morning Brisbane has been announced <laughs> to be going into another three-day lockdown. You yourself reside in the greater metro Brisbane. Um, yep. how, are you gonna, how are you guys going to cope with the, another three-day lockdown? How are, you, are you looking yeah, forward it, to it? Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. When you, when you put it into perspective, it's nothing, especially like looking at mm. what Melbourne went endured and went through last year and, and how strong and resolute they were. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Three days is nothing. For someone like myself who's a bit of an introvert and prefers to stay home anyway most of the time, yep. it really doesn't affect me. Um, mm-hmm. And even if I was that type of person, it would be like tend to go out and all that kind of stuff. Um, three days is like nothing. Who cares? Just chill out for a while. Um, it's three days in the middle of the week as well. Yeah. So I actually have... Um, I was off... Yeah, it's Monday now. I've taken mm-hmm. five day, uh, five hours of annual leave on Thursday, which is my Thursday shift. Friday is the, the public holiday. Saturday is the public holiday. And I have Sunday, Monday off. So I was already mm-hmm. gearing up for a two-day work week. And they yep. just rang me and said, do you want Tuesday and Wednesday off um, and take some annual leave? So I've taken that. So this will turn out to be like a nine-day holiday for me. So um, yeah. it's pretty cruisy for me. I'll probably just be staying home and playing is games. Is your work and- open yeah so my work's open if anything um last year through the pandemic and everything our work got even busier um yeah people coming in working from home and even the people that weren't working from home grabbing computers and stuff i felt like there was a lot of people kind of tippy-toeing and uh playing against the 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 rules and stuff and and coming out for non non-essential browsing Mm. and you know you know, video games and DVDs and uh, all this kind yeah. of stuff. And, uh, yeah, you're talking to customers in store. They're like, yeah, just browsing or whatever. It's like, well, it, it, we, don't, we don't really know what's happening at the time and how serious COVID yeah. was and, and how much danger you actually are in. And it's a bit of an anxious uh, feeling being mm. kind of a very busy store, even though we had proper restrictions and social distancing and all that in play. It was still was kind of a bit um, nerve-wracking having so many people yeah. there that really 
just disobeying the rules and didn't really need to be there at all. Mm. Like, yeah, I'm mm. just on JobKeeper. You know, it's like you, it's like a it was almost like the Rudd stimulus package, that like the free yeah. money, and like, oh, now I'm just out spending it on nothing. Whereas you had all yeah. these people that were like, I need a printer, I need a webcam, I need this stuff for my home, I need to work from home, yeah, and from it was home. all selling out. It was like wild. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. And a lot of these people don't remember. Hey, you can buy some of this stuff online. You don't have to go to the store. <laughs> so as, as nerve-wracking yeah. as that was, they had to do the like flip side of, you know, I did drive past Centrelink in that March period there when it all first ran down that oh, first. Oh, yeah. And um, lines, it was a massive, massive line out the front. So yeah. um, although I can complain about that, I can, uh, I'm very fortunate that I work for a company that was thriving through COVID and I was still being employed and was mm-hmm. looked after. So, um, yeah, I was very, very thankful for that. Yeah, uh, I'm very much in the same boat because obviously as a trade that works in a field that is considered essential services as well. Um, yeah, I was pretty lucky that I didn't have to reduce any hours or anything like I worked the entire way through the only time I had off in regards to COVID was I had to get one COVID test at the start of this year actually uh, which literally I mean equated to me about having a day off work because I got my results that quickly yeah well. um, and the other time was because I was sick when COVID first happened uh, but it was literally it was just the flu it was 100% just a flu because it just happened to be where I was working, there was someone that had just returned from over... No, they hadn't returned from overseas. They'd just come back from holidays. I think they were, like, up north into Queensland or something. Yep. And they had the flu or some shit like that, and they just came to work sick. And like, why are you coming to work sick? You're like, oh, because I've just come back from holidays. I have to work. And like, you're fucking <laughs> sick. There's a fucking virus going around killing people all the world over. Now you're going to make us sick. And, yeah, lo and behold, so, sure enough, I got sick that weekend, didn't I? Um, <laughs> so <laughs> literally that was the, like, I had a week off for that. So the entire time COVID, I've only had like six days off work, um, as a result. Yeah. Um, so very fortunate in that regard, but I hear what you're saying about the job keeper and the job seeker stuff as well, because it's like, I'm sitting here busting my ass. I'm still doing 40 plus hour weeks. Cause I, I do overtime regardless every week. Um, and I've seen these people getting a lot of money. Yeah. I'm like, guys, you're not working any extra hours to earn this extra money. You know, but hey, oh well, it, it keeps you guys employed. It keeps you food on your tables and things like that. So yep. I, I can't argue it too much, but I, I think they are getting pretty sweet deal the way I look yeah. at it. Um, when you're out there working, you're busting your ass off and you're not seeing any of that. It does feel that way. Yep. But yeah. So, but otherwise, everything's gone well for you and Kim. All, all good through COVID, and yeah, all good. Um, yeah. Obviously, we had the the, the pa- unfortunate, out of nowhere passing of Jericho last yeah October, which just totally, I guess, just just destroyed us. That um, was so the the thing that really shocked me about this. He was only what a year, eighteen two months years old. old. Eighteen months old. Yeah, That's just out of just nowhere, terrible. and um, I've only really gotten it over it. Well, I guess getting over it um mm-hmm. the last probably month or a little bit of so so you mm-hmm. know it, it definitely affected kim but i feel like it crushed me for a, a lot longer and i i don't really know why i guess just the uncertainty um i was having like panic yeah. attacks i was wasn't being able to sleep at night um mm. i was staying up until like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning uh yeah. and then i would go to bed to try and exhaust myself so that i'd fall asleep but then yeah if i was going to bed early or sometimes i'd even go to bed 
that late and then I would just like be crying and not being able mm. to breathe and stuff and that was happening like every second night. It's just turned it just turned into it was literally turned my life into a nightmare. Yeah. Over those those two, three it, months. So yeah, um eighteen months old, like poor poor dog. Like he, he was just like our, he just our he was just our world. Like for yeah. me like me and Kim or Kim and I, sorry. Well, um, we are not we don't we're not gonna have kids. So for us mm. we like really treated Jericho like our, our little child and really yeah. complimented and felt like he completed our family and he was so important like for my especially last year with all the shit that went on for me, um mm. on stuff that I kind of copped. Uh he was like really He's he, a like, support system. Yeah, anim- animals yeah. know when you're down and they they don't judge you and they just are happy to see you and mm. they just yeah, I guess oh. the, the lack of judgment and the the, the the love that they have for you and the the support they can uh, provide mm. is just the unconditional side. It's 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 amazing, and he was really important for us, um, for both of us. And uh, yeah, it was just just yeah, I'd say yeah, it's um it's it's amazing how well they um they change your life. You can't see him; he's off screen at the moment. But Loki's literally sitting on the floor right next to me. Yeah. Um he is my entire world. If anything happened to him, I'd be crushed. I'd be dis- destroyed. Like he luckily enough, he celebrated his 6th birthday on Saturday. <laughs> so oh, awesome. he's a 6-year-old six, six little kitty cat and he's very happy and if you keep listening with a close ear during any of these podcasts, or any of the 8-bit podcasts that I'm on, any podcast I'm on, cuz I don't shut the door. He is welcome to come in and jump up on me or do whatever he wants. So if you hear any bells or meows during the podcast, <laughs> that is Loki making his guest appearances and collecting his appearance fee. Um, but <laughs> yeah, cool I, I 100% understand. I've had animal. I've grown up with animals my entire life. I cat that I had when I was growing up as a kid, like I had him for 15 years, and like he died in my arms while the like the vet. I was holding him as the vet gave him the green needle to put him down because he was just having such huge breathing issues and. Yeah. That destroyed me. I, I mean, it was fifteen years. Like he's an old cat, so a little bit easier to get over. But eighteen months, you're just sitting there going, like you wonder, is there something you could have done? Is there anything you could have changed? And all those sorts of things. Those questions run through your head. So I understand completely. And mm. yeah, I mean, I think all you can really do is focus on the positives and how much joy he did bring to your lives. And I think that's an important thing. I think that's something you and Kim hopefully can remember and you'll have that again maybe when you get look at maybe another new dog or cat or parrot i don't know <laughs> if you're looking at getting another animal anytime soon yeah um, i know it's a it's hard to re- i don't want to use the word replace because i don't think that's correct but it's hard to bring another animal into your life when you go through something like that yeah that might be happening in the next month or so so we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens yeah, you know these wounds they all heal over time and it's the same when you know grieving and loss and things like that yeah 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 and yeah jericho from what i did see he was a great little dog he was a cool yeah, dog. he was a character man a little cheeky yeah. character like the name suited him for sure he definitely embodied that kind of uh cheeky charismatic charismatic uh you know all type character so <laughs> he was uh yeah he was a he was a handful at times but um yeah very intelligent handful as well yeah yeah and if, as long as you remember those things i think you you guys will be fine yeah for sure yeah so before we i want to i want to talk some more about um gaming and stuff as well yeah hell yeah um but before we get into that i, I did want to talk to you 
and I, I did mention this briefly off air before we started recording mm. um, about how Buddy isn't actually your given name. It was your chosen name. It, yes, well, that's right. It wa- wasn't my well, it wasn't yeah. my given name until you, I legally you, changed it to that. Yeah, um, yeah. So I wanted to ask, not so much why, because uh, you feel free to discuss that if you want, but more along the lines of uh, what the process of going through and changing your name was, and the decision on making the name Buddy itself, like yeah. if, if you're willing to share, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the why is kind of uh, very important as well. And I've, obviously mm-hmm. I've got the the tattoo there on my right bicep with the, the yep. Buddy across there in, in calligraphy, um, yep. which is something that I did back in 2008, I think, or nine. It's It was a long time ago now. But um, yep. that was kind of the last process in uh, solidifying my, my change of name. So... Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I was born 12 weeks premature. I almost didn't oh, wow. make it. Um, my mum was a drug addict, heroin Oof. addict. Um, my dad was in jail at the time of my birth, so um, born premature. They didn't really have a name planned out for me. My nan and pop were there, mm-hmm. uh, so they kind of, like, from my mum's side, and they kind of come up with the, you know, maybe you should just name you after both my, gra- you know, both your grandfathers. So mm. my name was Graham Colin Osman, which was my um, my mum's surname at the time. So yep. uh, Nan and Pop, I was in like foster homes for like the first seven months. Um, mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Nan and Pop took over legal guardianship of me. Um, from there on in and they were my legal guardians for the rest of my life and I didn't really associate or talk to my mum later on in my life I got to know my dad a little bit here and there and um yeah yeah that's uh I guess that's another story but um to avoid confusion in in our household like because my I was living with my pop whose name's Graham and I guess my (laughs) my name was Graham as well well. um they would nickname me Buddy um so I just went by the name Buddy everywhere so even if I was in schools and everything um I'd put Buddy on the roll and yeah. I, I would always like I always associated my name as Buddy Osman, not mm-hmm. like Graham Osman or anything like that. So um, when I was little, I, I used to like go around and go, "Oh, when I'm older, I'm going to change my name to Buddy." Blah blah blah. Like even in high school, yeah, yeah. there were people. Even in high school, there were people that didn't really actually know my name was Graham because it was just mm-hmm. Buddy yeah. everywhere, that kind of stuff. So, um, oh, hello Loki, how are you going? Right on, right on cue. Yeah. Um, so flash forward, uh, I'm in university, were 2007, 2008 or whatever, and I kind of think back to um, that story and like, well, shit, I was going to change my name. Why don't I just do it? I'm, I'm 21, it, yeah. 22 now, whatever whatever age I was at the time. I can't even, you know, all the years kind of blend together. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought about that. And at the time, I think I, as I'd become, I guess, more independent, leaving school um, and traveling, you know, with my friends and everything in 2005, I went down to the grand final trip. 2005 NRL grand final was the West Tigers versus uh, North Queensland Ca- Cowboys where Benji Marshall did the flick pass. And I'd, oh, yeah. um, on the way down, I stayed with my aunties on the Central Coast mm-hmm. who were my, all my dad's side. And um, I grew up with my dad's side, aunties and uncles. Um, and, you know, I really got close to them and their cousins. And I'd go down and each year and spend to them. And they were all Watsons. Mm-hmm. So... You know, um, I had a kind of an attachment to them and even as an adult getting closer to them. So, you know, flash forward 2007 or 8 or whatever, I'm changing my name. I kind of, you know, research how to do it. And it's basically just, you know, as if you were getting married, you just go to the births, deaths and marriages down in Queen, I guess, George Street here in Brisbane, put in an application 
and it's um, George Street. That building's not there anymore. But yeah, <laughs> so I think it was like a hundred bucks or something. So it's not oh, really wow. that expensive. Pretty but cheap. then you could you could pay extra to get like a new birth certificate. Oh wow! Um, with just the amendment on the back reinstated. Mm-hmm. And then you could pay extra to get it done in a week instead of having to wait like the six or seven weeks. Yeah, yeah. So for me, like, I think it was 180 bucks for the maximum to get everything done quick and the new birth yeah. ticket. So it wasn't really that expensive at all. So I'm like, of course, wow. I'm going to get this done as soon as possible. So um, in a week, I went from being Graham Colin Osmond to Buddy Colin Watson. And the funny thing wow. about my surname is I never actually planned to change my surname to Watson um, until that very week. Um, oh, and wow. I was like, well, I don't really associate, you know, I don't really like my mom. She's a fuckwit. I never want to associate with her at all. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm really close to, you know, whether I'm close to my dad or not, I'm really close to my, all my aunties and that side of the family and that kind of yep. stuff. And I have a lot more respect and um, association for that mm. Watson surname. So, um, and wow. if I, w- even though I didn't want kids, I was like, on the off chance that maybe one day I do or anything like that, like I could kind of keep my family name alive by having my dad's surname. So that yeah, was yeah. like a... Uh, a rash decision just to do that that yeah, week. Wow. So to change two names instead of one. And I kept my middle name as Colin um, because that was uh, my dad, my, you know, my grandfather, my dad's pop who um, kind of passed away when I was a lot younger, uh, Poppy mm. Colin Watson. So um, I thought I'd, I'd keep that in there as well. Oh, that's, uh, dude, that is an incredible story. For a start. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so the week I did that and I made it official, yeah. I, I went and got the buddy tattoo. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, a lot of people look at and go, oh, look, you forgot your name or stuff, or is that in case you get lost and stuff? And they're funny jokes, but um, for me, like, the tattoo was more about, um, I guess, Reminds kind yourself, of doesn't it? signifying what yeah. Nan and Pop did for me, like, yep. um, taking me in as their own, and then giving me the nickname Buddy, and then mm. kind of growing up. I grew up as Buddy, I wasn't Graham, so for me, that was the the, the tattoo was more of like a tribute to them and um, to what they've done for me in, the, in their life and yeah, yeah. kind of the identity they've helped me and helped raise me. So the Buddy thing is more of a more of a that and how thankful I am and 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 everything that I've kind of uh, been through and could have been through uh, if there's you know uh, we flip a coin and I went down a different path, sliding doors type thing with you know yeah yeah. Um, so it's, that's that's more about the appreciation. Yeah, that's mm. that's actually a really cool story, man. That's um, and thank you for sharing it with us, obviously as well. Like that's, um, yeah, an incredible story. <laughs> mm. And sometimes, like um, you look at my you look at my license plates out there. I've got mm. BUD eighty seven. I was actually born in eighty six, but Nan and Pop got me the license plate. And so many people make jokes like, "Why have you got eighty seven if you're born in eighty six? And Nan and Pop, you know, is that when they adopted you? That's when they, yeah, exactly. That's yeah, when they got me. Yeah. Wow, that's that's really cool, man. That's mm. yeah. I was not expecting that sort of <laughs> story. I, I was thinking, oh yeah, it was, I thought it might have been something simple. Maybe, maybe there might have been something attached. Sounds to it, cool, buddy Holly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I wasn't expecting it to go. Yeah, that that far down the. Yeah, that mm. was actually a really cool story, man. And. Obviously, no regrets in the name change because we still have it for obvious reasons. <laughs> exactly, um, and uh, no regrets because uh, it was my choice yeah. and it was something that I, I chose and um, I went through with. So, yeah, yeah, and you, your nan and pop happy with it all. Yeah, they loved it. They, they thought it was fantastic. Like that and yeah, that's awesome, man. That's that's really. I I'm actually really blown away. That's such a cool story. Yeah, and yeah. then um, obviously when I married Kim, she became Kim Watson. Um, yeah, yeah. And one of my like aunties that I'm really close to, her name is Kim Watson, so I thought, well, I thought that was funny. <laughs> I actually had the same thing. My cousin, my cousin's name is Sarah, 
and her older brother Chris married another woman named Sarah. Yes. <laughs> so there's wow. two Sarah McJanets out there, um, literally within the Sarah same Connor. Sort of, <sighs> Go through the same family tree. Sarah Connor. <laughs> So uh, I, I get that. It's kind of funny that that shit happens. How the world kind of lines up. I've even dated a Sarah myself at one point. And I was like, <laughs> oh, man, we can't have three of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And that, yeah, again, cool, cool story. So just moving away from something that I, I literally am incredibly impressed with that story. It's just <laughs> such a cool story. Um, and how it came with such a positive outcome from what, seemed to be such like a could have been potentially tragic uh, yeah. scenario essentially um so i just the positive outcome at the end of it i think that's just really fantastic yeah. um yeah so the like i said i did want to talk to you about gaming man because yeah. hey that's the other thing that we all love in this wonderful australian gaming community that you and i both happen to be a part of we've both done gaming related podcasts before in the past uh, we've, we talked a bit about wrestling podcasts and things like that and everything like that. Uh, man, what have you been playing lately? Is there anything that's been really caught your eye or is there anything that's coming up that's catching your eye that you're really excited for? Um, the big one is Returnal um, from Housemark, yeah. uh, April 30th. They're one of my favorite developers. They're behind Resogun, Alien Nation, Dead Nation, yep. um, Next Machina, Matterfall. Um, I love everything they do, the arcade Voxel shooters, fast-paced, and now they're kind of stepping up their game, making it third-person, a little bit more of a story narrative. Um, It looks stunning. Obviously, PS5 Mm. exclusive as well. Love my exclusives. Um, But yeah, that's probably the the biggest one that I'm looking forward to this year. One of my favorite developers. um, Doing something a bit different, but still leaning in towards some of their strengths, making a a big hit. So um, that's the big one I'm looking forward to. The other one is probably Mario Golf on Nintendo Switch, because I love myself a golf game. I tell you what, when we get when Mario Golf comes out, I'm going to come swing by your store, pick up a copy. Yeah. And then we're going to tee up a time to actually have a tee off. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I'm so have, keen. Have a few games together cuz and I'm I'm keen for some Mario Golf as well. I, I need an excuse to play my Switch really. So um, do I. I I you know, all these things come out like 3D Worlds, I'd never played on Wii U cuz you know, who had a Wii U, blah blah blah. Um and I want to play that and I just haven't picked it up cuz it's like I do want to play that, but eh, whatever. But yeah, Mario Golf see, will be I've, like I've got, a day one buy. Yeah, yeah. See, I've got like 3D World from the Wii U because I bought it on the Wii U. Yeah. I was one of those people that bought a Wii U. There's not <laughs> many of us. Um, but like, I just Just you, Drew, and Bryce. Yeah. <laughs> There's like three of us. Uh, but yeah, like it's one of those things where it's like, uh, yeah, it's re-released and yeah, I never really finished it on the Wii U, but uh, there's not enough there to justify me to spend $80 on it. Mm. Um, and that was my big thing. Like, I looked at... Because um, Mario 3D All-Stars, that's not going to be sold after March 31st this week. And it's like, oh, I should get that before. And then I looked at it and I was like, this is 80 bucks still in the store. Yeah. Well, they're only recalling that... Maybe if that... it was 50 bucks, I would have considered it, but... I'm yeah, not price point. On this. I don't know about that, but it's yeah. they're not pulling it from stores. It's not getting recalled yeah. or anything. They'll still be selling whatever's already in stores, um, and it's yeah. only being pulled from the digital shop. So I think that'll be available for some time. To be honest, with the amount of oh, stock yeah. that's out 100%. there, hundred percent. No need to rush out and panic buy it like Disco Elysium, which is about to be pulled off the digital yeah. stores because uh, that's the only way you can buy it in Australia. Uh, but yeah, no, I was just like, I'm not spending eighty bucks on a game that. I'm not really super that keen on anyway. 
Yep. Um, and that, I think that's been a lot of the issues with the Nintendo stuff for me personally. Like, I don't like Pokemon. I'm not a Pokemon person. I never got into it as a kid or anything like that. Um, I was Same. too old for it when it came out anyway. I think when it came out, I was 15 in Australia. Um, so I, I, I completely missed the boat on all of that sort of stuff. Um, I've really got no... I, I did... Like, the last time I was playing my Switch is when they did the... Announced the um, Mario Battle Royale, Mario 31 or whatever they're calling it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I played the shit out of that. I actually had a lot of fun with that. Um, but other than that, like, I haven't really turned my Switch on in, like, two years. Yeah, I'm the, I'm, right. the, I'm the same. I barely barely play it. Like, I just get home. I turn my PlayStation on. I use that as a media center. I watch YouTube, Netflix. Yeah, and Apple. I do the same with my Xbox. Like, yeah. Exactly. And then, you know, Kim um, will go to bed or whatever, and then I'll just play whatever games. Like, it's almost mm-hmm. like the step of just walking over and turning on another console is yeah. way too difficult for me <laughs> to well, do. it's not even just doing that. It's just I've got no... There's nothing that's... Drawing you enticing in. Enticing me to play it. Yes. Like... I'm hearing really good things about Bravely Default too because I loved Octopath and it's the same guys that made Octopath and things like that. But again, I'm like, I played the demo of it and I did not like the combat in it because it's not the same level of quality combat I think Octopath had. So I'm not really all that keen on it. Mm. <laughs> Although I'm hearing really great things. I'm like, I can't justify spending another $80 on it. Yeah, Maybe I'll but- wait another two years and it'll be on Game Pass. So who knows? <laughs> I always feel like... I'm always going back to my my go-to games. Like mm. I played Hitman Three this year, and I'm, that's fantastic. But you know, when there's a lull in gaming, it's always like, all right, back to my good old faithful Rocket League, or back to yeah. Apex. You know, playing with you know, Dylan and Ash and whatever, and like yeah. it's just that 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 appeal of like squatting up with people and I'll hanging be going out back with to, friends. Um, Destiny lately, and doing the same. I haven't been squatting up with anyone because I don't know too many people that are playing Destiny, but because it's on Game Pass as well, it's like, oh, free on Xbox. Boom, done. Yep, that's got me back in. I can just transfer all my characters over now as well. So it's like, yep, straight in. I'm just playing that and just having a ball with that, just running through the missions and yeah. Some of those old faithful games, just like, yep, this just keeps going. It's good. It's comfort and the comfort food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. So yeah, so just uh, Returnal is that's pretty much all you're really looking forward to besides yeah. Murray Golf. Returnal and Murray Golf. Um, yeah. Nothing else is jumping out like off the top of my head right now. But uh, yeah. yeah, just that, just those two. But what about you? What are, what are you looking forward to? Um, Kena Bridge of Spirits is going to be the oh, reason why I buy a PS5. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, mate, when that, you have a PS5, you just let me know. Yeah, yeah, I've got to, I've got to give you the shout-out for that. Because, um, yeah, you you did help me get my Xbox Series X, so thank you again for that. I All good, man. I thank you enough for that. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be my launching point for uh, PS5, I think, is going to be Kena Bridge of Spirits. There's nothing else really jumping out at me. Um, Stray, if it makes it out in 2021, yeah, which I think is just a really cool concept where you play as a cat, yeah, running around cool. these robots and yeah, solving like I think it's solving a murder mystery of some description. Oh my god! Yeah, so I, I mean, even if I haven't got a PS5 by then, at least I know I can play that on Steam. Um, but mm. uh, Outriders, which comes out this week, I'm actually really looking forward to because it's just a straight Game- looter shooter grind. Game Pass like, as well for you. It's on Game Pass day one. That's and that's one of the things I'm really loving about gaming, and I know a lot of people tout it, but it's so fucking true. It is just the best deal in gaming. Oh, easily, it really is. I'm so really jealous is. of it. Like as a PlayStation in the PlayStation mm. ecosystem, um, I would definitely have Game Pass or a similar service if I had it, something like that yeah. on PlayStation. So, well, that's the thing. Like 
people on the PlayStation side in the States always go, oh, PlayStation Now, PlayStation Now. It's like, yeah, that's only available in the States. Yeah, and I you can't download every... in Europe, but it's not available in Australia. And you can't download every game as well. It's no. only like a select portion until they get it to a, um, a place where you can download every single game and play them offline and not have to stream them all. Um, yeah. And then, then it will become... And, and opened up to other territories that doesn't exist in, then it would become more of a competitor. Well, it's kind of funny thinking about it now because Game Pass has become what that DRM thing people were complaining about back in 2013 exactly. about the Xbox One. It literally is that. It's... You have an online connection, you download the game, it checks to make sure you're paying your subscription before you play it online. Oh, you've got a, you've got your subscriptions active, cool, you can play. So yeah. if my internet goes out, I'm probably screwed for the night. But <laughs> <laughs> in the meantime, I, I've got a valid... I mean, most of the games I play are online anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But, like... In the meantime, like it's it's fantastic. I mm. I can't even remember the last time I've had an issue where my internet's been out for more than five minutes. Yeah. Like Dil- Dil- Dylan Blight years. always Dylan Blight from Explosion Network. He always makes fun of me because it'd be mm. like, oh, I'm looking forward to this awesome indie game that's coming out, or this and that, and like, oh, I wonder how much it's going to be. And it's like, oh, this game comes out Tuesday. It's thirty bucks. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. And it's like, it's also free on Game Pass. I'm like. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's happened it's to so f- many, so many titles like on release date that that have come out like simultaneously mm. that I want that are like twenty to thirty bucks that are free on Game Pass. I'm like, damn you, Game Pass! Every time. Yeah. It, it to be honest, for me, it's like, oh, this is free on. Oh, sweet, I'm gonna give this a try. I'll just download it. And I'll try it out. And I, oh yeah, that was cool. Or or I might find something that I love. Like I've I've had Will of the Wisps sitting there in the back catalog forever to play. Like Ori and Blind Forest and Will of the Wisps and things like that. And those two games are fucking fantastic and gorgeous, and I love them, um, and can't recommend them enough. But like, mm. if it wasn't for Game Pass, I probably would never have actually sat down and played them. Um, being able to go back in the cat- back catalogue and play a game or something like that, and find things there. Um, yeah, it's just so many cool things that I'm finding in there, it's, and like new indies as well on PC. Every now and then, I'll find one on there. I'm like, oh, yeah, sweet. I'll just give this a try. Oh yeah, it wasn't for me. Oh well, I didn't spend twenty bucks on it. I, yep. I pay fifteen dollars a month, so that's what one hundred eighty dollars a year. Yep. For Game Pass Ultimate, which includes my Xbox Live subscription, my Game Pass subscription for both Xbox and PC, I I play two new releases games in a year. I've paid for my subscription. Yeah, it's great, essentially. And I've I've played probably about six in this last three months. <laughs> <laughs> so I've definitely paid for my subscription and then some. So yeah. 100% the best game deal in gaming. Um, I don't want to roll on it too much, but it is fun. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Well, I'm awesome. I'm, yeah, I was really, really, really um, happy that we had to go a chance to finally do this sit-down chat and catch up and Same, do man. another podcast together after <laughs> what feels like forever. Yeah, absolutely. I want to say it's been probably close to 18 months already. So. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but we definitely need to do something again soon where we can you know, sit down and talk about wrestling and... Yep. Yeah, maybe do some more AEW chat and things like that about what's going on with the booking because I know we we message back and forth pretty regularly about the AEW stuff. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have to do something like that again. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's good. To, it's good to chat again. Yeah, good to sit down so, and have a drink, even though it's uh, you know, we're virtually having a drink. So yeah, virtually have a drink, and that again, I've talked about it before on the air. It's like that's the idea. It's just having a catch up over a drink. It's not so easy to do that in person these days, and again, courtesy of 
what's now being another Brisbane lockdown. We can't do it again this Easter weekend <laughs> either. So <laughs> yeah. hopefully it does clear up before Easter long weekend. And everyone can have a nice long weekend. But yeah, uh, it's one of the powers of gaming, isn't it? And being like, like I don't yeah. really think that I'm in the Australian gaming community. I just think I'm a podcaster that hangs out with friends. Like I, I always yeah. feel like I, I, I don't really like that term, like being a part of the community. Like the community, I'm just like I just feel like I'm just a person that just wants to hang out with people, yeah. and I just sometimes record it <laughs> I, I think we're pretty lucky in where we using the term community again we we are a part of a community that is so open and welcoming and pretty mm. friendly overall i mean there's some bad apples in every community yeah for um, sure but for the most part like we're surrounded by some pretty awesome people pretty awesome podcasters the australian podcasting community gaming commu- podcasting community especially um you know, I met I, I met some amazing people through it, and mm. um, you know, like I just when I first started review culture, I wanted it to be a podcast, but I mm. knew that you you just can't just make a podcast overnight. So I guess yeah. my initial steps were like, let's make an Instagram, and then I'll just like post movie reviews on that Instagram and get my creative juices flowing. Of course, I'll need a logo and all this stuff. Yeah, so by the yeah. time it came to making a podcast, I just had to buy the equipment and. Uh, that kind of kick-started it. And then from there, like, just posting stuff on Instagram. That's how I met Simon. Like, he yeah. found it. Um, so I met Simon through that. I met Robots on Skateboards, obviously, through the kind of funny groups. And I mm-hmm. met um, all the Explosion Network, you guys, yeah. uh, interacting more with, like, Zach and, and Kieran and, and stuff from World Played now, um, and Play 2 and Pop Culture. So, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's uh, and House of Mario. Like, all these people that... Like, if I sit back and like from the outside and just think like damn if it wasn't for the internet and it wasn't for like recording mm. stuff and creating things and being a part of these online communities <laughs> i wouldn't know any of these people it's it's mind-blowing. yeah i i thinking about it as well like i'm sitting here going you know if it wasn't for these online communities i would not have a hell of a lot of friends <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's do. right they're, you like, know, so they're giving you these covid restrictions like i don't know that many people it's like the guy had a party with 25 people I'm like i would struggle to no 25 I'd, I'd struggle to get like one person to come visit me yeah. <laughs> honestly i've lived in this house now this house that i own for just over 12 months outside of my parents and my brother i've only had two people visit yeah wow well. you know so <laughs> like it's been pretty yeah it's pretty slim so <laughs> yeah i understand like I'm, I'm that introvert same as yourself man so i i get it and Always, always a pleasure talking to you and hanging out with you, man. Before Same we man. wrap this up, though, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at BuddyWatson12. Uh, my show is at RadioWatson underscore. It's available on all good podcast surfaces, Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. Google Play Store, Spotify, uh, all that kind of jazz. Um, yep. Much appreciated if you check that out. It's a little bit of something for everyone. Um, if you're you know not interested in wrestling, don't bother with those episodes. But if you like gaming and all the other stuff, and uh, uh, you know, yeah. in kind of cherry pick what you like um, with the topics there. Obviously, the one I recommend is the January 26th discussion. Mm-hmm. I'm really proud of that one. That's the one to check out. And uh, yeah, yeah, check that one out before he's Godzilla vs Kong review. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Actually, Godzilla vs King- yeah. Kong was quite good. Yeah, I, I thought it was awesome too. I saw it on Saturday with Brendan and we fucking had a ball. We loved it. <laughs> so good. Well, there you go. There's two short reviews for the next Radio Watson. Um, <laughs> but anyway, thanks again for being a guest and for coming and hanging out with me, man, and, and introducing me properly to an old-fashioned and all that sort of stuff. 
um, and not that type of old-fashioned you dirty pricks um (laughs) but yeah thanks again man do appreciate it. it's always a pleasure chatting with you um and yeah uh, everyone you can catch me at the spawny 13 on twitter but until next time peace love and hugs and as always stay hungry cheers cheers